Welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast, brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agents TV for the 20th of September, 2021. I'm Head of Research, Nick Goodall, and I'm joined by our Chief Economist, Calvin Davidson, down in Christchurch. Calvin, how you going, mate? How was your weekend? Yeah, going pretty good. Nothing much to report from the weekend. Uh, people people listening won't be able to see it, but behind me, about the only thing I did of note was some DIY, got some shelves up, so now I've, now I've got a, an office that feels a bit more like an office, got some pot plants and... So yeah, that was uh, that was a little achievement, and my wife can can stop asking. So that was perhaps the biggest uh, win of the whole weekend. So yeah, going pretty well. How about you? And only a couple of months, uh, a couple of weeks after you moved in, mate. So I'd say yeah, you, only a couple of months. Yeah. You've done all right. You've done all right. No, all good, mate. Pretty relaxed here as well. Nice day Saturday. Cranked up the barbie that night, so that was good. And then otherwise, yeah, just just did not, not much really. Um, enjoyed the All Black Saturday night and. Yeah, just uh, took it easy. I'd say weather was pretty crap yesterday, so we're just around home. But uh, mate, nothing, to, nothing to write home about. I'd say, and um, nice day today, and got up for a bit of a run this morning. So feel uh, fit and fired up for the week to week to come. Yeah, yeah, chatting about that before we went. Me, the, the exercise gets those uh, those endorphins going, gets you pumped up. So yeah, it's been a good good positive morning. Bang on, bang on. Well, let's get into it then, mate. Let's look back at the last week. And uh, first thing I thought we'd cover off, I think we talked about it last week in terms of the data coming up, um, the rental price data, of course, from Stats New Zealand, and probably one of the um, biggest data sets of note at the moment, or data releases of note or of interest at the moment. So, um, you know, what, what's what's your take? What, were the, what did the data tell us? And then, of course, what do we think it sort of means for the market? And are we seeing those landlords pass on those costs through to their tenants at the moment? Yeah, I mean, the rental figures in general are getting a bit of coverage at the moment, probably rightly so. You know, the, the trade me numbers get covered each month. And, you know, there's a couple of releases monthly, of course. So it means you do get a, a more timely steer on it than, say, the GDP figures, which we'll, we'll come to later. But, yeah, a lot of interest on the on the rental numbers. Latest figures talking about here at Stats New Zealand for the year to August. Uh, and they showed growth in, in rents of 5.4%, which was actually the highest since April 2008. So there is a pretty strong number coming through there. Now, there's lots of times in the past when it's been about 5%. So, you know, it's not completely crazy by past standards. It's just that when you go to one, one decimal place, you're getting uh, the strongest number for more than a decade. Um, so still pretty pretty high number and, and can't be ignored. As ever, I think, you know, there's still this, there's still this, sort of trade-off between I'm sure some landlords will have pushed up rent faster than they otherwise would have done to try and recoup those costs but you've got those supply and demand pressures and, and around this rental freeze there's also and worth noting <clears throat> that that was in place until September last year so there was a there was a long flat patch for rents of course and so when you compare back on an annual comparison uh, looking at the August number you are still comparing back to a an artificially sort of flat base, if you want to call it that, which will tend to push up the annual growth rate now. So I don't think it's entirely clear yet. It might be sitting on the fence as an economist, but I feel like we probably need to wait just another couple of months and to get to get a really clear steer on this once some of these artificial things in the data are, are working their way out. So, yep, strong number, but could be due to things other than those, those tax changes. Yeah, and I think we talked about last month because um, the trends kind of, being consistent, I suppose, is that if you draw a line through the actual index itself, rather than looking at the annual rate of change, the trend right now is basically where it would have been had we just seen continual 3% growth 
for all of the last you know year 18 months and so that's i think when we're trying to just pull apart and say you know is there anything happening now that's extraordinary it doesn't look like it depending on the way you look at the chart and i think that's the that's the key question for me and like you say if we continually see this happen for maybe one or two more months then that line will start to you know tick up above where maybe it otherwise would have been had we not have had the rental freeze in place for uh, most of last year so i think that's the the key you know piece of the unknown that we're going through right now um but you can kind of pick the number to suit your rhetoric i suppose which is is never good i suppose because then people just go well this is what i thought would happen and i can see the data to back that up and so i suppose that the problem with that now is that we sort of sit on the fence and go well yeah, it could be, it might not be, I can see it both ways, and, and so we're non-committal either way. So, um, look, I think it's fair to say maybe there's a sign of it being passed through a little bit more, but certainly not to an extraordinary level, which is maybe what some of the commentary was suggesting it could do um, as we came, as we sort of first heard about these, um, you know, the tax deductibility changes in March this year. So I think, yeah, probably still going to reserve the right to, to hold back our opinion just yet. But I think there's some signs that, yes, we are seeing that flow through um, and it's not just the makeup for the rental freeze itself. So, yeah, I don't know if, if that is too sitting on the fence, but that's kind of where my head's at um, and, and just so intriguing at the moment anyway. Yeah, I, t- I, well, I, I certainly agree. And there's, there's going to be, it's always the counterfactual. I said it, said it before, I'll probably say it many times in the future too, but it's hard to disentangle all these things. And if you think about where it goes next. I mean, yeah, for sure, we might see growth accelerate and possibly you'd be able to say, yep, well, that's that's landlords reacting to the tax changes, but there's also going to be other things coming along. There's going to be things like rising mortgage rates and, and those costs uh, to investors are going up. So they're like, well, could I push that through to tenants? And then so there's going to be another factor coming through. So always pretty hard to, to disentangle. And yeah, it, it, it's all very well to say, oh, well, just give it another couple of months. But you know, by then, uh, well, it's all—it's always clear in hindsight, isn't it? It's, and I suppose the art is, is picking it when you're at that turning point before it's not entirely clear. So, so yeah, um, always an art rather than a science. But but for now, I you know, hopefully I can reserve judgment for a couple of months. <laughs> I will let you off for now, mate. Um, but yeah, we have to make sure we uh, put a bookmark in and make sure we, we do cover this stuff in the future and, and and try and I think attribute, you know, not necessarily to a, to the percentage or, you know, this much is because of this, but at least be able to give a bit more clarity to it. So to say, yeah, we do think that these are being passed through and, and um, you know, the decision makers need to be considerate of that. When, uh, when making big changes to especially tax regimes, I suppose. So, yeah, well, uh, it's our job, I suppose, so we're going to have to need to put our neck on the line at some stage. <laughs> yeah, I will in October. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll remember that. Um, all good. Well, let's look at uh, what else came out. So, of course, we did have the Ryan's sales data come out last week for August. So, of course, they report. And it was actually a good article um, on stuff on the weekend, too, just saying, you know, there's all these different companies which report on the data and I know they spoke to you as well uh, Miriam and stuff there just talking about you know what are some of the benefits of each of the different measures out there and we talk about it relatively regularly um, <clears throat> but of course the right sales data um, you know there's the monthly sales that were achieved by agents in that month and uh, and so it can be quite reactive to what's happening in the month but it also can be quite volatile and, and, and vary depending on what happened to be selling at that time too. So we're very cautious around some of the data, but we do like to look at the sales volumes that were occurred. And, and the one thing to note there, I suppose, was we did see the volumes drop away quite considerably in August. And, and that was a bit of a surprise for anyone last week that listened. I did say I didn't think it would be too impacted. We saw the Barfoot and Thompson sales volumes weren't too bad for August. 
in Auckland. And um, it's a bit of a surprise to see sales drop so much in uh, in August across the country. Um, but the index data is what we do pay attention to, too. Of course, they use the same method, the sales price appraisal ratio, the SPAR method, which is what we use at CoreLogic, but it is only on the one month of sales. So again, it's quite volatile, um, but it did hold quite strong. I think it was 2% growth over the month nationwide. But as we've been talking about for a number of weeks and months now, um, the probably key thing for me is now looking at all that regional variability and how different it is according to that monthly index data um, by each of the different cities or, or TAs or towns. And then what I did note was that there were a few places that did see slight drops in the index figures, um, namely New Plymouth, Palmy North, Dunedin and Invercargill um, did see slight drops in the, the house price index from Rhines over that one month. Is only one month, and as I said, there can be some volatility even in the index month to month. But I suppose what it does do is stress a bit of caution, given the significant growth phase we've been through, the large amounts of debt we're taking on, and the prospect of those increasing interest rates that we might actually see some areas where the values do start to peter out, and they will you know, potentially see a minor drop in some areas too. And then um, as we go further along, we might actually see those drops continue for a wee bit too. So plenty in that release, I think. And, and given the nature of the market, you know, we might see things start to, we are seeing the market change, um, especially with interest rates increasing. And this is the, start, the things we need to start paying attention to is you know, what's happening with any measure that we've got that measures the market um, in the short term and that recent changing time, you know, inflection points or anything. And uh, so we'll certainly be looking at sales volumes, um, indices, our own plus others, and also looking at what's happening from a listings perspective as well. So I think there's there's plenty to digest there. Um, and that's kind of where my mind is at anyway, is the regional vulnerability and, uh, and what's happening with those sales volumes as well, where we are seeing the impact of the lockdown, of course. And the key thing is going to be to see how we bounce back out um, as we start to get more data for September, that'll be released next month for the rest of the country. And then, of course, we'll wait and see where Auckland gets to with the uh, drop-down levels announcement later, later on today to see if they do, in fact, go to level three. So plenty in there, a uh, lot to digest. But, um, yeah, yeah, for me, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a really showing further signs of this, at the very least, slowdown, but potentially even, uh, even flattening out across some parts of the country. Yep. Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> and those sales numbers as well. You know, August was obviously impacted by by lockdown, but we we saw some signs in the June and July figures already that there were, you know, if you look hard enough, that kind of a slowdown had already begun. So fortunately, it's going to get a little bit volatile at the moment. You know, you might think September numbers will be, be artificially high to kind of average out. But once I think we get through that phase, you know, once things settle down, hopefully we get back down alert levels. I think that that tentative slowdown that we'd seen in June and July and the sales figures will, will become clearer. So, and that's that's been our story for a while. So just some signs that that's begun. Uh, and also, yeah, that that stuff article about the different measures oh, was, was really good. And also, you know, when we sit here and say, well, use median selling prices for a sort of current take on the market, but look at an index for a longer term view. It's not just us saying that, that is, you know, genuinely an accurate assessment. And for example, in that article, you know, it had uh, Shamabel Yakov talking about the same thing. You know, you might want to look at indices like the core logic figures for a long-term comparison. You know, maybe current market is better looking at, you know, median selling prices. So yeah, there's that, that was independent verification, I guess, of, of what we say all the time. Yep. No, good point. Yeah, it was, it was good to say that. Yeah extra opinion in there and as you said nice to see it pretty consistent with ours so that was good um the other thing i suppose you know when talking about what's happening here i mentioned just briefly listings what's happening from that perspective and 
one of the really interesting things with the um, appraisals being generated by agents right now is that the level, the number of appraisals is pretty much back to the same number that were being generated before lockdown, um, which is quite extraordinary when you figure out that, you know, when you think that Auckland's still in lockdown, so very difficult or, you know, close to impossible really for some agents to go and appraise properties if they, if they want to go and see the property themselves. Um, and we're already back to that level. So it does say, if you know, if Auckland's back on, on uh, you know, level two like we are, then maybe it's a 30% lift. And that could reflect the spring bounce that we usually see of people listing properties, but it does show that there's some, some good um, upcoming signs for listings coming to market, for which is good for obviously the real estate industry. And also might be something that also brings a bit of a dampening effect on the market as well. So you spoke about the market slowdown, seeing that prior to lockdown and there was no signs we'd have to go into lockdown in that June and July period. We saw the market slowing down in terms of um, sale prices and, and sale values and, and indices slowing down. That was only going to, that's only going to be enhanced if we see a lift in listings. And so we start to see this balance start to turn back where you're seeing supply lift, demand reduce, and you see those sale prices achieved that won't be as high as they were previously as well. So I definitely think there's multiple reasons here to think that the slowdown that we've talked about for a while will continue through the rest of the year. Um, and, you know, when you look at those official forecasts as well of prices potentially dropping, um, you know, later in well, into next year, really, um, that there are sort of the things starting to, to come together for that to start to be true as well, especially when you start to tie in the, um, the bank side of things, the, the interest rate side of things as well. So just think it's really interesting. Um, you know, it's not just the, the demand or, or value starting to slow down. It is the, the flip side of that too, where supply might actually start to be lifting, which will start to play some catch up on the um, on the demand side of the equation as well. So that's sort of where the listing side of things are at as well. Um, don't know if you've got much more to add from that perspective. Uh, not a huge amount, I suppose, just around listings. I suppose I've been sitting here waiting for the, the natural response, at least in my mind, you've seen a lot of capital gain. You'd think at some point the listing situation would ease with people looking to perhaps sort of capitalise on that and, and lock in some of their gains, especially investors. So kind of been waiting for that to happen for a little while now, to, to be fair, but you know, it could be happening in Dunedin where it seems like we've seen a little bit of a shift there. And um, so, yeah, you'd expect that natural response to come through more generally at some point. Of course, as we've talked about before, if investors sell and, and list, well, uh, what are they going to do with that capital? And they might not want to pay bright line either, of course, but there will be some people who, who those things aren't considerations. So, yeah, that natural response could be coming through. Again, you might only know for sure a little bit in hindsight, but but certainly something to watch. Yep, yep, no, good call. Uh, cool, mate. Well, um, what about from an economic perspective? I know we had the GDP figures for Q2. Yes, it was a while ago, but uh, pretty strong numbers for that. Um, but maybe, you know, well, of interest, of course, we like the timely stuff, the NZAC coming out this Friday. So you want to give us your quick economic overview and maybe tie in the um, preliminary business confidence data in there too? Yeah, the GDP numbers for Q2 were uh, stonking, staggering, whatever word you want to use, the 2.8% quarterly growth, which, um, I mean, I haven't actually looked back at the time series, but it would be the strongest for a fair while double the number in Q1, which was 1.4. So really strong growth. You think, I mean, it's almost 3% on a quarterly basis if you want to annualise it, something like 12%. So so off the charts, given, I mean, annual growth sometimes is 3%. So to get all of that through in one quarter was pretty strong. Tourism, of course, really bouncing back. Had the travel bubble open with Australia, seems to have really helped. That services side of the economy, you know, you've, you've got probably some hospitality and 
um, you know, tourism type businesses doing better in Q2. That was good. Of course, it's it's even older than it normally is. You know, this relates to Q2, and we've we've of course been in lockdown, so you know it's pretty outdated already. We know that the Q3 numbers will be weak, and we we won't actually get them for another few months yet. But we know they'll be weak. So I think it's we've moved on pretty quickly from those Q2 numbers. It's about I guess how much GDP will fall in Q3, how much will be recovered in Q4. Obviously very uncertain at this point with, with COVID around, but it's, it's we've kind of moved on pretty quickly. And I don't think it really changes too much in terms of, say, the uh, interest rate outlook, what the Reserve Bank will be thinking. If anything, some of the timelier indicators have, have still held up, things like inflation. We know the housing market's still probably uncomfortably strong for the Reserve Bank, uh, even if they're not using the OCR directly to target that, it's still going to be part of their thinking and they have to acknowledge that in their, in their remit now too. So, yeah, I don't think too much has changed in terms of really anything that's happening currently and certainly the, the outlook for that OCR is, is, is still up and pretty shortly. Um, we'll, we'll get the NZAC on, on Friday, as you say. That's for August, so it'll be distorted, of course, when it looks back annually. So, so it'll be a week August comparing back to a reasonably strong August a year ago. So it's probably got limited use. Um, July, the July number for the NZAC was still pretty good. So we kind of had, if you're looking at Q3 as a whole, we've had a decent number and then a, a weak number. And so we have to see how that balances out. Um, but it's out anyway, so it'll be worth keeping an eye on. And yeah, preliminary business confidence for September. We had that last week. Now, this I, I was expecting that to be down you know it relates to that first week of september we're still still shut up shop but it was it was up so i I'm a little bit sort of confused about that and maybe it was coming off a, off a low base so I'm, I'm not entirely sure but yeah so still some resilience that firms were reporting i do find a little confusing it's you know we've had had level four especially in auckland for for a long time and you'd wonder how some of these smaller businesses are, are hanging on. Sure, they've got the wage support, but you know, when you if you really dig below the surface, are things as strong as as some of these headlines would would tell you? And you know, you just got to hope that when we get start to get some official numbers coming through for Q3, they're not actually a lot worse than what we're sort of anticipating. There has to be surely a chance that things like unemployment will have will have started to turn for the worse a little bit. So. So yeah, a bunch going on there. I mean, it's it's positive, and if those business confidence numbers can really be trusted, that perhaps firms have adjusted. You know, they feel they feel like activity will bounce back reasonably reasonably well, like it did last time. But yeah, you got to wonder if you if you dig below the surface a little bit. Really, it's is it weaker than what these numbers are saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Um, and you know, a few anecdotes out there about some businesses, and you just wonder how they can, you know, continue to hold on. Maybe you're right. Maybe they know that they can just get through a period, and as long as it is a short period, then hopefully people come back afterwards. So I suppose that's the that's the key hope for the future. Really interesting on those GDP figures, and it just makes me think such a pity we had to get plunged back into lockdown because there's clearly some really strong momentum back in the back in the market, um, back in the economy through Q2. Like you said, the bubble was open. I know the bubble closed before we had this outbreak in New Zealand, but you know all those businesses back, and you saw. You know, people going skiing and whatnot and helping out those sort of towns as well. And, you know, I've seen a few people of friends and whatnot on Instagram who have been up the mountain the last week or so. Um, not Auckland friends, by the way, Wellington friends who have been going to Wanaka or getting up the mountain and Mount Cook or whatever. And they're just on empty slopes, you know, which is great for them. 
But of course, you've got to wonder about these businesses supporting those areas again, how they're going to be handling through it. So I just think there is reason for caution. The business confidence stuff does surprise me too. Um, but, you know, again, hopefully it's that people are, you know, what do you want to call it, looking through this short-term uncertainty and just hoping that, you know, in the end we'll get back to, you know, the way we were just a couple of months ago. Um, and then, you know, and, and all you can do is really keep those fingers crossed for Auckland. And I know the news today about um, a few cases in Waikato and, and hope for Auckland obviously moved to level three, but it's going to be key to get down to level two, really, not just level three itself. So it's going to be about what's next. So look, there's still so much there. There's still so much uncertainty. Good to see some positivity, and I'm even the optimist. So I'm hopeful that it's all going to ring true. But uh, I think it's also worthy to you know keep that level of, I wouldn't say skepticism, but certainly um, you know keep that keep that level of cautiousness in your mind about where things are heading as well and, and how that relates to the property market, of course. Um, and then, yes, you know, ultimately your point, I suppose, is, is what does it mean for the Reserve Bank and lifting that OCR? And we still remain firmly in that point of OCR is going to lift come October 6. And I think that's probably what's of most interest to anyone when it relates to the property market, because that will have, a, have an impact on demand and also on those people who, who currently own their properties as well and having to adjust their spending. Yes, it's going to take a while. It'll sort of be a phased thing as people come up for their fixed reviews. But um, that's where it all becomes really interesting. So certainly to keep, one to keep an eye on. Um, and as you said as well, the flow through to unemployment. Um, hopefully if people do own a job where the business goes under, there's um, the economy's you know, going well enough in other industries and other areas where they can pick up a job somewhere else, uh, maybe in the health sector, given that's where all the people are going at the moment to support things like the rollout of the vaccines and whatnot. So um, hopefully there's a job for them elsewhere that mean they can continue to, to earn an income, which means that there's not a significant impact to our broader economy. So yeah, certainly we'll wait and see on that one anyway. Yep. Yeah, I was trying to think about which the first indicator will be that we can sort of look at in terms of labour market. And I think we've got those monthly filled jobs numbers, I believe it'll be early next week, mid next week. So that'll be one, if, if I'm right about that, whenever that's released, uh, that'll be one to watch because that'll relate to August, um, you know, has because those numbers have been pretty strong. But will there be some signs of weakness in those August numbers? And if there are, they don't get a lot of coverage. But if if there is a little bit of weakness in there, you know, could that start to turn some of the sentiment around a little bit and then people start to get a bit more nervous? So that could be the first warning sign to look for. I can check exactly when those are out, but it's it's probably, it'll be certainly before the end of September could be the, the first thing to watch. Yeah, good call, good call. And I think as usual, we're always looking at that construction industry too. So it'll be interesting to see filled jobs for the construction industry. And, and you know, as I say, maybe that's where other people can turn as well. If you do, if other businesses are, are struggling, that you look at what you can do from a construction perspective. But um, yeah, let's wait and see on that one. Um, otherwise, obviously looking ahead, you mentioned that one for next week. But this week, I know that we've got the Reserve Bank or Te Putia Matua uh, lending data as out on Friday, which will obviously relate to um, August itself as well. So um, that's certainly something I know we'll, we'll keep an eye on to see what happens from a lending perspective. Um, but we know that obviously sales have dropped away and, and from our own biocasification data, of course, that the number of sort of title transaction data that had occurred had uh, reduced significantly. So I suspect that'll, that'll flow through the lending information as well. That's probably fair to say. Yep. Yeah. And so that, that's a sort of unwelcome distortion, I guess, when you're looking at it from an analyst perspective. And the one thing for me besides that will be the we know that these rules are coming probably around tighter speed limit for owner-occupiers. The consultation closed a couple of days ago. If you listen to this Monday, Tuesday, it closed the previous Friday. So, yeah, those, that consultation shut. Who knows what's been submitted, but the Reserve Bank seemed pretty firm on, on making this change. 
So, yeah, October the 1st for that change. So in these August lending numbers, I guess I'll be looking for any signs that banks have already started to move early because we know that's what they've tended to do in the past and uh, sometimes uh, politely encouraged to do so by the Reserve Bank themselves. So, yeah, that's that's what I'll be looking for, whether there's any signs. And I might sort of that, that other distortion as to whether there has been some changes. So, so that'll be the thing I'll be looking for. Yeah, good point. The mix in lending and mix in, um, in terms of who is to and uh, also the, the high LVR and, and whatnot as well. So, yeah, good call. Um, awesome, mate. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for today. Is there anything else on your mind for the market at the moment? Uh, not really in the market so much. Just look out for our Pulse this week. We're refreshing our mapping the market tool, data, product, whatever you want to call it. So you can you can drill in and, and look at how median property values have changed in your suburb or anybody else's suburb for that matter, how much they've changed over the past year. And frankly, pretty staggering numbers, you know, not great if you've been trying to enter the market, but the the gains that some suburbs have made over the past year in, in dollar terms, just off the charts. So um, look out for that one. Yeah, no, good call. Okay, mate, well, I'll let us get out of here. And I just at least want to say thank you very much and good luck, Auckland. Um, sending up the fingers and, and toes crossed for you guys to be able to, to move down the levels, hopefully relatively swiftly. But uh, that'll do us for today. Thank you very much for listening. Please do subscribe, rate us, review us, and hit that auto download button so straight into your player as soon as we release it. Do get in touch with us as well. Can you hear any market anecdotes um, from anyone in the market, really, what's going on in your world? So please do get in touch. We're available on Twitter, LinkedIn. Our email address is also uh, listed within the podcast player. So please do do that. Please say thanks very much. My name is Nick. He's Calvin. You've been listening to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast. Matiwa. Mm-hmm.